This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hope you are thirsty for some pro wrestling punditry because I'm going to slam it in your ear holes here today. It is me, your managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, back to host another episode of The Winkly, and I'm joined here as I am just about every Thursday by my very, very good friend. He's part of my inner circle. It's Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly. Good to be back, Nick. Yeah, you're a jerk. I'm a jerk. I guess we can have an inner circle, right? Easy. <laughs> Call back. If you missed Dynamite, that one probably came out of left field. All right. Uh, we got a big <laughs> – I'm pretty proud. I didn't even I didn't even pre-plan that. That just came to me as we were talking there, Justin. So, um, Anyway, we have a lot of news to get to here. It was a very buzzy 24 hours in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, but after that, we got two more big interviews for you here today, guys. Uh, right after the news, you're going to hear the interview I did with the American psycho, Stefan Bonner. He has made the leap from UFC – to independent pro wrestling, I will give you a heads up now. If you have children around, Stefan Bonner uses a lot of profanity in this interview, and it was so much I didn't have time to go through and bleep everything. You know, I've been pretty lax about it as well anyway, but a humdinger. If you like something a little bit blue, I think you're going to like Stefan Bonner here. Uh, very candid. Have you ever had the chance to chat with the American Psycho, Justin? I have not, but it sounds like he and I would get along just great. Oh, I think you're going to like this one. This one's a slam banger here from Stefan Bonner. Um, and uh, after Stefan Bonner, you're also going to hear the latest interview from our good friend, field correspondent, Emmy Award winner, Andy Melnoski. He went to the 80s WrestleCon. He caught up with WWE Hall of Famer Brutus the Barber Beefcake. So you're going to get Bonner. You're going to get Beefcake. And if you like that Beefcake interview and you want to share it around or you want to see what Brutus looks like here and watch Andy Melnoski in action, head over to our YouTube channel, that interview is also in video form. It drops, it gets dropped simultaneously with the show today, so you can go check it out over on YouTube. All right, with that said, let's get to it here, Justin. News you can use, news that leave the br- news you can use, news that will leave a bruise. Um, this one uh, is a follow-up here, the latest chapter uh, in what has been uh, Jordan Miles' uh, war on WWE uh, recently. Uh, he cut his uh, latest promo. He put out a video on Twitter yesterday. Uh, that said, he where he quit the company, he quit WWE. Uh, a lot of expletives used in that one. Shades of Stefan Bonner. Uh, he called Jordan Miles a slave name and asked not to be called by that anymore. He preferred to be called 
ACH, which is what he was called on the independence before joining WWE, called WWE a racist company. Uh, I have reached out to WWE. I know another a lot of other sites have as well about, you know, is this release going to be granted? What do they think about the comments Miles uh, has made? Well, as of yet, right now, as of recording, uh, we haven't got any response back from WWE. But as soon as we do, if we do, of course, it'll be available over on Wrestling Inc. Um, now, lastly here, before we jump into a bit of punditing about this, uh, I want to throw in some comments here that Booker T made on his Hall of Fame podcast uh, about Miles' video. Uh, he said... I don't know if Jordan Miles has quit the company, but on social media, he posted that he quit the company. I am not going to sit here and judge or anything like that or say that he should have done this or he should have done that. I'm going to lay out on that because I don't need any backlash before someone said that Booker said this or said that. I am going to say that the situation all started with the T-shirt and now it has gotten to this. I don't know where it's going to go from here. I have been on this earth for 54 years, and if you think one person is something, call them out. Or if you think that the person is something, call them that. But I cannot judge a group and say everybody is that. When you make a blanket statement like that, you do no justice for yourself or the culture. I say this because I have had a lot of years and a lot of experience. I do know that I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a white guy named Bruce Gassarge who made this all happen for me as far as changing my life, which is another story. I could have easily could have judged everyone the same way after my situation of going to prison, being a kid who had never been in trouble before. And for this top first time being locked up in the back of a police car saying that the system did me wrong. I hate everybody of that color. You know what I mean? If I did that, I would have done myself an injustice more than anything. And I think that this is a situation. I think that is the situation that I want to make clear here. The way he is going by this, he's doing himself an injustice. All right, so uh, Justin, I'll throw it to you here. Uh, uh, a lot, a lot here uh, with Jordan Miles here, and, and really just the last twelve hours. Um, what's your take on uh, on the latest chapter here? I think Booker hit the nail on the head uh, yeah. in that last uh, part you mentioned, right. uh, where he says um, the way he's going by this, he's doing himself an injustice. Uh, again, I'm not going to judge. Right. Um, a situation that I'm not in and I can't relate to. Sure. But I can, I can say that, um, the, the way he's gone about this, whether he still, I mean, obviously eventually at some point he won't be employed by WWE, whether they, you know, choose to exercise and keep him uh, under lock and key until his contract expires or whether they just let him just, just try to wash their hands of this at some point though, eventually he will be uh, a free agent and, you know, he's a talented guy. I, I remember you know, I saw a little bit of him as ACH. I know he had a lot of buzz on the independent scene. Um, and I'm sure he'll get booked again. But whether or not he gets another opportunity on a big stage, you know, most most notably you think AEW, you know, whether he gets a shot on a big stage, you know, this, this, this I, I said before when the story came out a few weeks ago, you know, this is never going to leave him. And uh, right or wrong, standing up for what he believes in, just the way he went about it, I, you know, I can certainly see major companies um, who have to answer to, you know, big level sponsors and, 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 and TV deals, et cetera, et cetera, you know, being nervous about, you know, well, what's, what, what might set this guy off that we, you know, by accident, what, 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 what decision or policy might set this guy off and, and how is he going to handle it? And, and, and are we going to have to deal with the same situation that WWE had to deal with? So yeah. I just think overall, he just, he's, he just hasn't done himself any favors. I, I think it's a, I think it's interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily think this is the end of the road for, for ACH, ACH by any stretch. I mean, you know, there was a, a sugar Dunkerton uh, put up a, a post last night. Um, great guy. 
um, got a lot of attention, you know, commenting on how when Steve Austin walked out, he was frustrated and underused. And when CM Punk walked out and he said all these awful things about the company and made these comments about how their medical team, uh, you know, were not treating people, he was rebellious and the anti-hero. But this guy comes out and he speaks about racial issues within the company and everybody immediately jumps to the conclusion he's done. It's over. Right. And that he's off base or crazy. You know, a lot of things that are being said about. ACH well, well, right look, look. And and I, and I like I like Sugar Dogger too. But I agree. Look, yeah. be, again, I'm, and, and again, I'm not saying that this is the end of the line for ACH. But what I am saying is, I think this is it's going to make his future more uphill than it would have otherwise been. And you know, yeah, we can bring up uh, the, Austin walking out because he doesn't want to doesn't want a job to to Brock Lesnar in an unadvertised match on Raw. Sure. And, and we can bring up CM Punk, you know, leaving after all of his frustrations. And he's back. And he's what, what, back. Well, yeah. Well, but 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 whether this is fair or not, here's reality. ACH Jordan Miles, whatever you want to call him, is uh, a many many steps away of stature uh, than what Stone Cold had at that time and what CM Punk had at that time. And I know that may not be fair. That's not, not fair to say. Oh, well, just because he uh, he hadn't drew as much money in the business that his 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 beliefs and his um you know and, and his 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 opinions don't matter. But that's just a reality of the situation of uh, you, you know. He, he, there's a far cry difference if we're going to try to compare to you know well, to those two particular incidents of the past. And and I'll, and I'll say last layer of the onion here as far as just picking apart. I thought the the better arguments that I that I had seen on social media here since this all fell out. You know, part of uh you know ACH Jordan whatever you want to call him, part of his uh, uh part of his complaint here is that it doesn't seem like he know he seems to know that he's not going to be treated or used the way that he would want himself to be treated and. You know, the argument that WWE has not always pushed people that are African-American. And so when you make the case that, well, these people have stature so they can do things and stand, speak out and have their message be heard. If at the same token, he's saying, well, I don't think I'll ever get to be at that stature based on what I'm seeing here. You know, does it lessen the argument just because he can't get into the same clubhouse as the other guys? I, I, you know, that's that's a, that's an entirely different discussion to be having right now. If I do know this, if I was WWE... I would think that this would make them reflect on other things maybe they're doing or going forward, knowing that there is talent that can, you know, we're going to get the story here. I want to hear ACH's side of this thing, right? I feel like we're getting just burst right now, very broad strokes like Booker T is saying. I, I want to know the D, what, what pushed him to this point. I'm very interested in that story because I, we haven't really got that story yet, you know? No, I agree. I, I do want to hear more. I especially want to hear more, obviously – him claiming that you know the company's racism and and, and, and and his comments obviously it's not just based on the t-shirt incident there's obviously other things that he's uh, encountered to, to lead him to feel this way and you know when we've when we heard a few weeks ago on the show when we started piecing together the t-shirt thing we heard from I forget the guy's name off the top of my head but you know we started seeing the, the we started trying to fill in the conversations and the emails that were being released and it kind of just it ultimately summed up it seemed like there was just a giant miscommunication between right he and then Triple H. Um, it seemed like things got lost in the middle. So that's okay. So that's that. That's the T-shirt thing. That was that was the straw that broke the camel's back. But I'm curious what the other straws were prior. Like, I agree. yeah. So I mean, I agree. I'm very interested to hear what else is it that he um, that's got him to this this point. All right. Well, we'll move along here. I have the feeling this is this is not the last we've heard uh, of this story. Um, and uh, with that, let's go move on to a guy we were just talking about when making comparisons. CM Punk, The Observer reporting. That CM Punk turned down a significant money offer from AEW uh, and instead went with WWE backstage. Now, the Observer saying that Punk did actually have talks with AEW 
despite what he has said in the media. He actually met in person, uh, reportedly here, with AEW president and CEO Tony Khan. Now, there's no word yet on the details of AEW's offer, but Khan reportedly offered him a a lot of money. Um, We also noted in the the article there that, you know, he he chose the WWE backstage role as opposed to an in-ring career over or an in-ring run over at AEW. I mean, is he more interested in becoming the pundit uh, talking guy or is this uh, or or or, I don't know. Does he not want to does he not want to wrestle? I guess is the question that kind of came out of the piece we put together for the site. So I don't I when I read this, I did not interpret this as my my first thought was this guy doesn't want to wrestle anymore. My first thought was agreed. Yeah, there's some there's something either about AEW that just isn't jiving with him and or. Um, there's something more appealing to him about maybe the possibility if, if all things can come to to peace, of working for WWE again. And it might be both. It might be both of those things. Um, you know, and I think about you know Chris Jericho said how he's making this is the best contract he's ever had, and you know Jericho is a draw, but I gotta think that Tony Khan offered Park at least, if not more, whatever they're giving Jericho for this for this next three years. So I, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, um. Uh, you know what I, I mean? I kind of think that, like, obviously, it's you know, Punk's probably getting a nice payday from Fox, and it's a nice payday where you don't have to bump, uh, so that's cool. Right. Um, you know, maybe, maybe if he's, maybe if he has missed wrestling, and maybe if he's, you know, falling back a little in love with it, maybe it was a chance for him to, you know, be around Renee and be around people he likes. Um, and quite honestly, maybe this is a way for him to, you know, maybe he knows, maybe he sees what exactly you know we all are saying and talking about, like we did yesterday, which is this is a possible chance to start to rebuild a bridge and meet in the middle and. <laughs> finish finish anything he wants to finish in his career now here's the thing justin i put this next uh, item here right next to this report here because i think it is going to have a big say in whether or not maybe we do see the cm punk in ring return and that is that uh wwe backstage this past week according to showbuzz daily drew 100,000 viewers it kept the same time slot as as the tuesday before where they only did 50,000 viewers so double the viewers from last week but still not enough to crack the cable top 150 now, they did 50 the first week, 100 the second. CM Punk debuted right at the end there. They've got a week to hype this thing. How many more viewers next week for WWE backstage, you think? Uh, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say at least at least 350,000. I think so, too. Um, I, I think, well, and I'm horrible <clears throat> with, with viewership, but I was thinking maybe a half million. I don't know about. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna push that. I mean, the only reason I don't is from what I've said prior, which is, it's just, it's just kind of an un, un, unsavory, you know, unfortunate time slot of 11 p.m. on Tuesday. There's just nothing else leading into it. Um, I do think two things are happening though, or will happen for next week and then in the weeks probably to follow. I think one, um, you know, we saw the viewership double from week one to week two, and that's when, you know, nobody knew of anything with CM Punk. It was just, hey, just tune in this week. We're going to have, you know, Samoa Joe and Adam Cole and Mick Foley. Right. I think it doubled just because people, you know, heard about it after the fact, maybe went back and checked it out, maybe saw clips and said, hey, this thing's pretty cool. And I didn't realize it was going to be on. And Agreed. I didn't realize they were going to, you know, break kayfabe and talk a little bit more uh, real. So I think I think it just naturally is getting some organic, uh, you know, like people like you and I talking about it on here. And then I think obviously Punk is going to do a huge surge for next week. Um, and, and I think you're right back to your original point of putting it where you have here on, on the script. Right. Um, I think, I think that, yeah, I mean, cause you know, uh, you know, punk left, you know, he basically, you know, he, he basically left in the middle of the night, right. There was no fair, there was no goodbye. There was no, this is his last match. You know, he has this, this, this controversial rumble match. 
and then he and then he's gone and we and we don't see him again um you know he hasn't popped up on any other company so i mean he's he's you know the only the only public spotlight stuff he's done has been mma so he really just has again left in the middle of the night from the wrestling world and it's been almost six years now so i think this will be interesting for 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 vince and and, and wb powers to gauge how much of a draw is this guy you know yep. so that's yep. you know how how, how how many people still remember this guy how many people still want to see him and that'll that'll, that'll tell us a lot i mean if you know if if they get to have if they go from a hundred thousand if they they if they if they go to half a million next week and that is that is right. That's huge. That's you know? that's the thing is like this is an actual chance to quantify the interest I feel in CM Punk because that's going to be what the I don't think you could attribute a, a big bump to anything other than that next week, right? So this is a chance to really and, and quantify it. It is, and um, I'm trying to do I'm trying to do trying to do my head timeline here. I think Punk. Correct me if I'm wrong. So that was 2014. I think Punk left, what, just a few weeks before the WWE Network actually launched, correct? So Punk Punk has not been with them since they switched to the model of everything on the network, you know, pay-per-views and everything. So, you know, I, I'm just thinking, again, if you're Vince, if you see Punk join this show talking about your product on Fox, and it multiplies by five the viewership just in that first week, you know, I mean, that's, you know, you start thinking, how many, how many new WWE network subscribers could I get if this guy's back on our network? You know, I don't know. I'm just, there's a lot of things to really factor away in here. That's why I say, man, next week at this time, we're going to be discussing how much attention Punk brought to WWE backstage and how much of that, you know, what is that, what is that number? How does that quantify itself, right? If he's got a lot of attention, I would think there's going to be more, more calls from, from Stanford saying, hey, you know, if you can draw, Five hundred thousand up backstage. Imagine what we could do on Raw. You could single-handedly take control of this business again. You know, there's a lot of things you could say to Punk right now that make him feel good and probably draw him back in. I'm trying to uh, <clears throat> while we're talking. I'm trying to see if I can find what like this past Tuesday, what the viewership number would have to be. Like, like what was number one fifty? Like, if we're saying it's not even cracking oh. the top one fifty, okay. I'm wondering what what it is to crack one fifty. I'm trying to find that. Okay, I, I think it. I don't think it's that much more. I remember last week. I think that <coughs> the top one fifty like ended at one seventy five. Here, I can do this too. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's not that much more. Was, I mean, they're not far off the mark right now, but it's still just you know really weird that they're not even. It's a WWE show, and they're not even in the top one fifty. That's very unlike them. Um, let's right. see. Tuesday's cable and original and network finals. Um, we have here. Um, so this is the top. This is the top fifty. So the top fifty. The bottom one is like three thirty one. Um, and then, oh, okay. And then the hundred hundred and fiftieth goes down to like one hundred two. That was Kian Das Mas on Universo. Um, well, it looks like they did more than like a rerun of Kian. Oh, but this was in the eight p.m. time slot. So for that time slot, so yeah, it's it's like one twenty two, one twenty, not not that much more. I mean, I would I would safely say they're going to be in the top one fifty next week. And just to put in, I know this is not television, but sometimes this is an interesting gauge. Just to put in perspective, I am on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel, which has three hundred and sixty three thousand subscribers. So every video they go out, they put out is going to go to that number. Uh, most of the videos they've had, you know, we're talking. You know, 45,000, 38,000, you know, Adam Cole details the NXT invasion, 181,000, Smojo and, and Iglesias, you know, promo school, half a million. 
the CM Punk makes a surprise debut at WWE backstage, three point four million, and then and then just a two minute behind the scene thing talking to him after it went off the air over a million. So I mean, <laughs> you know this just on that alone, if you just look at all these videos side by side, um, you know, and that was that was that was literally two minutes of him walking out to his music. You know, saying just when you think I've changed the, you know, the the answers and the culture and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, I'll see you next week. Just that, he gave nothing else other than that, and it, it's done over three, three point four million. So, a lot of potential for the viewership that could jump. Uh, well, let's talk about the uh, promotion that Punk here reportedly turned down. AEW uh, Dynamite NXT uh, went head to head for the seventh week in a row uh, last night. Uh, this was AEW's uh, post Full Gear show uh, of note. Wardlow debuted. He laid out Cody Rhodes alongside MJF. Now, just before that, MJF and Jericho uh, were doing this in-ring promo segment, going back and forth, really uh, just just mesmerizing to watch these two guys like going at it on the microphone. Um, and it looks like you know it's possible MJF and Wardlow could be in the inner circle. It was kind of teased there, but I don't think it was uh, explicitly said. Um, you've worked with Wardlow. What was it like? Uh, you've managed Wardlow, Justin. I've done commentary. Uh, for his matches, but what what was it like for you to get to see him make a big debut like that? Well, thrilling. I was glued to the TV, waiting to see you know this guy get um, you know get you know, the biggest night of his career. Yeah, I mean I've been with him since the start of his career. His first, you know, easily his first hundred matches. I was with him. Um, so this is great, exciting, and and, I, and so this is exciting. You know, he's uh, you know I I I don't I I don't think, and I'm not I'm and I'm not spoiling anything. I I I I didn't even want to know what he was going to be doing. I just wanted to just enjoy it like a fan uh, for Dynamite. So I'm not I'm not giving any insight here, but I don't think that he and MJF are with the inner circle. I think yeah. you know the, the alliance looked like such just because the common enemy was Cody Rhodes, but I don't think so. I I you know plus. You know, the inner circle, they have their muscle in Jake Hagar. I, I think this is Wardlow and MJF. I think this is, uh, you know, Wardlow's diesel to MJF Sean kind of thing. Um, you know, I think that's why Wardlow, you know, they made a point to have him in the suit, even though, you know, this, he's, he's a big, got a good, good look and he's, he's flexing like he does as, he, as he's beating up Cody, but you can't see his body because he's in a suit. But I think they wanted him in that nice, that nice uh, Burberry uh, just to kind of drive home the association that he's with MJF. So, um, this yeah, this was exciting. This was easily probably I mean, for me, obviously, but I think even just for a general fan that doesn't have a a personal tie, I think this is probably the highlight of the, of the show. I thought this show was really good. I thought that, you know we also had Luchasaurus. He returned from injury. He helped Jurassic Express run off the Dark Order. I thought this was the best uh, that Dark Order and Jurassic Express had looked on AEW Dynamite TV. You know, the Dark Order finally getting into we're trying to recruit people. We're trying to bring them into the order, you know, trying to, trying to become that other faction, uh, in, in AEW, I finally started to get it. I was like, okay, I I'm, I'm down to see what more could be uh, coming with these guys. Marco stunt. They're, they're leaning into it, right? They're, they're leaning into all the, all the criticism he's getting from people saying he's too small playing with it. I dug it, you know? And then, yeah, MJF dude, I, I was like a little nervous. I was like, is he going to be able to deliver with that pressure as high as it is? tonight on him to really follow up that Cody angle. Uh, he, he hit it out of the park. He was incredible. And you could tell Jericho was like enjoying it. It was great. It, it was, you know, tangible. I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. It was, a uh, yeah, it felt, uh, it felt, it, it certainly didn't, it certainly did not feel um, overproduced and overscripted. It felt like these guys are just kind of, you know, I mean, <laughs> crisscross applesauce, you know I mean? They just were going out having fun. They knew, they knew the business they had to get to. They knew what the end game was. Then they just kind of had some fun getting there to it. Um, 
yeah, this was enjoyable. I mean, this was this was enjoyable. And yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the Dark Order. This was that was the best stuff I'd seen of them. It kind of put some context to things. Right. Uh, Luchasaurus, man, Lucha. I mean, that that this this guy's got star all written all over him. <laughs> no um, kidding. Can you imagine? He no. he looks and feels like Kevin Nash to me, but he does all these things that Kevin Nash would never do. You know. So, uh, no knock on Nash. He's great. Worked a wonderful style. Made a lot of money everywhere he went. Luchasaurus, though, spectacular. Um, and yeah, man, I dug uh, I dug the surprise finish at the end there with Scorpio Sky getting the roll-up pin on Jericho and Jericho just freaking out to end the show, which is like what he's best at. Um, but, uh, you know, in the scrums, coming out of full gear, Christopher Daniels was the one who was saying, you know, these guys are the tag champs. I got to go get my own singles title here. Uh, I wonder if this doesn't sow some seeds of dissent maybe amongst SEO, uh, SCU that Scorpio Sky was the first one to pin the world champion and not Christopher Daniels. Mm. Food for thought. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I certainly, uh, <clears throat> being that uh, Cody can't challenge again, and Cody's obviously seems like he's going to be moving in the direction of MJF and Wardlow. I mean, I, I was thinking last night, all right, you know, I don't know when the next, I'm not sure when the next pay-per-view is for them, but I, I had me wondering, what's the next, <clears throat> who's the next challenger for Jericho? You know, yeah. what's the next one? Um, and then hopping over to NXT here, uh, the build to War Games continues. Uh, Dominic Djokovic, uh, he has been confirmed for Team Chomp at War Games. Uh, he, uh, Matt Riddle, uh, is no longer. Oh wait, here one second. Let me slow this down. This was a lot. This is very confusing. So J- Djokovic, he's gonna face uh, Adam Cole in a ladder match next week to determine the team advantage of War Games. But as an update, Matt Riddle no longer on Team Champa since it's announced that he's gonna take on Finn Balor at War Games. So even though Djokovic joined Team Champa, there is still an open slot on Team Champa. And of course, uh, Finn Balor laid out Matt Riddle uh, on Dynamite as well last night. And then over to the women's. Uh, War Games match, uh, WWE UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray Ray has been announced uh, for Team Baszler at uh, War Games. She helped uh, Io Shirai defeat Mia Yim in the ladder match to earn the team advantage for Team Baszler. Mia took a huge fall off the ladder, out of the ring, through another ladder at the finish of the bout. It looked beautiful. If nothing else, you should definitely go back and check that spot out. Uh, Yim was busted open after Io Shirai drop-kicked a ladder on her face uh, during the match. Uh, The doctors tended to her after she started bleeding, and then again after the match, uh, following the spot that saw her go through the ladder off of another ladder. Um, And uh, also in the women's division, and uh, some bloody brutality, Aaliyah, she also bled heavily after taking a kick to the face from Zia Lee. Aaliyah uh, connected with a kick that won her the match, and then the WWE doctor immediately entered the ring after the match, uh, checked on Aaliyah as there was like a lot of blood pooling in this like white towel. It was very dramatic. So um, I liked both shows this week. Uh, AEW still continues to feel like a more vibrant uh, product to me. I also don't know that NXT this week had the same kind of momentum as it had the week before where they were just all over the place with Raw and SmackDown. Um, but but both good shows. What did you, you think of NXT last night? I thought it was either very up or very down. Yeah, I thought bag. that when they were when they were hot, when they were high, they were high. When they were low, they were low. There were there were <clears throat> there was you know there were some matches that just you know, went too long or didn't really have much meaning to me. And like, I mean, I, I thought they started off incredible. I thought the the cruiserweight match incredible stuff between Garza and, and Rush. You know, but then there were other times where there was you know like, and I like Heath Lee. I love I love a big guy that can move that way. I, but I thought him versus. Um, Roderick, I thought it was, just, it was just long, you know, longer than it needed to be. Lost my interest. Uh, I just, it was extremes. Um, yeah, the, the, there's a lot of shuffling going around with the teams. I will be honest, it, I almost do think I need like a scorecard. I am getting confused and trying to keep track of who's on what team, who's where, who's doing what, who's hurt. Um, the the Mia Yim, I mean, holy hell, how? 
what a tough customer. No kidding, man. She is. No I mean, because it got on, you know, it it, it it got uncomfortable there because you know you're you're dealing with a ladder match to where you know, like it, they're trying to they're trying to piece her together. They're trying to glue and staple her together while she's laying there. Obviously, that puts now an uncomfortable position because you have you know you have Shirai who could just run up the ladder and win like logic would present it, but <laughs> she can't do that. So she's trying to like stall and act like she's having trouble with the ladder. You know, it just it, an unfortunate spot. Nobody wants to be putting that. It's live TV, but props to Mia for getting back up, finishing it. And then, I mean, not, not, not bad enough that she's just been split open at the, at the, at the, at the bridge of her nose and, and forehead <laughs> takes that spot and goes into the, the ladder that's bridged uh, over the apron and, and guardrail. I mean, just, uh, you know, uh, I, I was just an all. I just, yeah. you know, I, it was it was the old the old Jim Ross thing, tougher than a two dollars steak there. Yeah, and if you know if you're if you're coming out of AEW and you got that little eight minute over on there and you check out the last bit of NXT to see what's going on and you see these two women in this like brutal ladder match, especially that spot from Yim, uh, it definitely grabs me. If it grabs me to come back and choose to watch NXT as opposed to Dynamite in the same time slot next week, I don't know. I, I just think that the consistency with AEW, the feel of their show, the flow of their show. I love the little stuff with, like, Santana and Ortiz back on the warpath, laying out the young bucks. These guys, you know, they feel like the outsiders. They've got that Kevin Nash, Scott Hall feel to them, um, just in the sense they could pop up anywhere and do real damage, right? Get away with it, you know? You don't see a whole lot of that anymore. So I just think AEW, their pacing is, is right on and right on par right now. And yeah, NXT, last week there was some momentum and a real feel to there. I think they need to try to figure out a way to get back to it where it's got that specialness to it. I agree with you. It's a bit of a mixed bag this week for me from NXT. Yeah, I, the last week was the closest gap between the two. Uh, I do think AEW is going to extend that gap a little bit more this week. I think they're going to have a, you know, they're going to they're going to beat NXT by a little bit more than what they did last week. Um, well, let's pop over to uh, WWE. Uh, the Observer reporting the Fiend Bray Wyatt. He's going to defend the WWE Championship against Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series. Seems like a, a given here, considering uh, the Fiend just laid out Daniel Bryan. Apparently, it's going to be made official very soon. Uh, Wyatt was originally scheduled for another match on the show, though. And while it's not confirmed, it is believed that Wyatt would have been facing The Miz and that the angle to set up their match was going to be filmed on the SmackDown after Crown Jewel several weeks ago which uh, ultimately got scrapped after most of the roster was stranded in Saudi Arabia due to the mechanical issues of the flight. Now, Nakamura was scheduled to lose the Intercontinental Championship before Survivor Series and be replaced in the triple threat match with Strong and Styles. It's likely that Daniel Bryan, the Fiend's new opponent, would have been the one to defeat Nakamura, and then we would have got Daniel Bryan, AJ, and Roderick Strong. Another great match, but since Bryan is now going to be going up against the Fiend, it sounds like Nakamura... Uh, will still stay in this bout, or maybe they'll get the title off him. But as of right now, he still has the title, still in the bout, and we're on the road to Survivor Series, The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. You got all that, Justin? You got it? You understand what's Oof. happening? You know what's going on? I think. You know, this is um, <clears throat> this will be something I'll be watching closely with, with Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. The Fiend, as champion. And I'm still, mind you, obviously, I was... You know, I kept saying all through October, you know, WWE was pot committed. They had to do it, and I'm happy he is. But what's what'll be interesting to watch is that obviously normally when you're the champion, you know, it's the challengers that are initiating the story. You know, right? It's the challengers that are that are that are poking and, and chasing the, the champ. Um, here, this was this was the fiend, and we don't know the reason yet. I'm sure, I'm guessing we'll find out Friday, who popped up and just decided to attack Dan O'Brien, decided to you know find his own challenger now for the title. 
where which I mean I guess is fine because on the on the flip side like you know there's not a lot of I mean you know like uh, who's gonna want to go poking around and finding the funhouse again like like Seth did you know I mean it'll be it'll be interesting with with a with having a champion be such a monster figure like the fiend is how they how they and assuming that he holds it beyond this particular match storyline with Brian it'll be interesting to see how they keep transitioning into new opponents for the fiend how how do they get into it because. I mean, right now, this guy is so scary. He pops up. He does what he does. He's been indestructible at this point. So as a challenger, even even if you're the most heroic baby face, to go poking that bear, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Is it, is it making sense? Like, it, right it now, does, it seems like it, it's going to be Bray Wyatt picking his opponents, which is backwards from the usual logic of a champion versus challenger. I It is. But here's the thing. I will say this. Daniel Bryan, he has the magic touch right now. Everybody who's really kind of worked with Daniel, uh, younger talent, established talent, Everything he's done is maintained uh, quality, largely, right? You know, and he kind of had to do that turn recently, which, you know, say what you will, was it time, was it not time, whatever. Daniel Bryan is so in the zone. He's so in the prime right now. If anybody can make what they want to happen with The Fiend happen, I feel like Daniel Bryan's the guy to do that. And I, and I hope he gets a lot of input into this, and I'm sure he will. But he and Bray Wyatt working together to get The Fiend, I hate to say, back on track but kind of get that that luster back around the fiend. I have faith that they can do that. If if there's somebody to do it right now with Bray Wyatt and lose and lose nothing because of the loss, it would be Daniel Bryan, in my opinion. Oh no, and and, and don't get me wrong, I'm excited to see these two work, and and I agree with everything you say with Bryan. I'm just I'm just talking about the initiation of story of just you know, and I'm and I'm sure, I, and I'm hoping that we will get a, a fun explanation from from Bray, uh, you know, Friday as to why. But it, and that's that, that's my only point. I have no problem. In fact, I, I I much prefer, and I'm a Miz fan, but I much prefer see this see the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan than the Fiend versus the Miz. And so I have no problem with it. I'm just I'll be watching big picture how how the how this the booking goes from story to story and challenger to challenger for as long as the Fiend's holding the title. Uh, and we have an update here on WWE TLC. Uh, the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, is advertising the first ever women's TLC tag team match for the upcoming WWE TLC pay-per-view on December 15th. Uh, the arena currently has Charlotte Flair and Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch taking on uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions Kari Sane and Asuka. Uh, that has been advertised for the pay-per-view with the tag titles on the line. Now, also advertised uh, by the arena, Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin in a TLC match, uh, and Rusev versus Bobby Lashley with Lana in a singles match. Now, that all seems to line up here. I think it's... I think it's really cool. Uh, it would be the women always knock it out of the park with these first ever matches here. Uh, this is the route they go. I'm, I'm sure it'll be great, and I think it'll have the fans excited to see it. Um, but man, Roman Reigns, King Baron Corbin. I want to hate it, but I also know that this is something that will maybe make Roman Reigns look really good. I'm sure he'll be far more beloved than than King Baron Corbin. Uh, but I hated that. I mean, we haven't talked about the show, but man, yeah, a lot of people have made hay about it. But man, that promo Corbin cut last week on on Reigns. That was that was no good. <laughs> Very childish, you know. What, well, what confuses me is that, yeah, and I don't like this. Reigns versus Corbin, in a in a TLC match. Like it, it, I've always thought, if you have a match as a ladder involved in it, then that's then you need to be grabbing something to win. But neither of them, neither of them, there's no, there's no title or anything to grab. Maybe it's you know the king, I mean? like, maybe it's the kingship. Maybe he puts the crown on the line. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I've I just that's always been a problem to me. Of like, you know, if, if there's a match that has the ladders involved and the ladders in the name of the match, then there, then that needs to be how you win. So when there's no 
when there's no briefcase or title or nothing to grab, that seems backwards to me. Well, I mean, they're talking about, you know, if we if the reports are correct here and they're thinking about taking the belt off of Nakamura and putting it onto an established babyface, I mean, Roman Reigns is on that brand. He could be that guy who's IC champion here come TLC. <sighs> yeah, true. So, I suppose. Yeah. And Rusev and Lashley, man. Dude, and Rusev coming out swinging here. It's so weird to read him, like, defend this. I forget which article it was or who interviewed him. But to read his defense of this storyline, like, no, this is great. This is going to be remembered forever. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's just so – it's so wild to me that this is – it's like – it's a made-up thing, but, they, but there's real things involved, and you're, you're killing what I... You're killing the illusion while defending the illusion. I'm not sure. I don't know, man. I don't know. What I want, what I want to know is he, because uh, <laughs> yeah, he. I think the first interview was with, <clears throat> was with the Sun okay. in the UK, and then I forget who the second one was with, but he doubled down on his comments, and both times, you know, he keeps saying how you know they're all professionals and it's just acting and whatever. But he 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 made a, he had a he had a, a comment that. You know, yeah, it can be a little awkward because you actually are still married. So, like, he said something to the effect of um, they're, they're, they're doing or changing certain things in their real life relationship to to help get through, like, to help get through this. I, I, I just remember going, like, what what is that? Like, are you like, are you guys, like, making a vow to, like, have more sex with each other to make sure you keep the spark alive? Or, like, what's like what exactly is being done in this relationship privately to, to help cope with the storyline? I don't know. Uh... Yeah, well, anyway. All right, lastly here, uh, this got a lot of buzz on the site, so I thought I'd read it here uh, before we throw to the interviews. Uh, this is another interview from ESPN Radio. Uh, Cody Rhodes uh, was asked on the Rhodes relationship with the WWE these days, and uh, here are some excerpts. He says, I could smash a thousand thrones, and I could make a thousand hot shots, and little fourth wall breaking comments about my experience because it is vastly different from Dusty's. But as his son, I know that in 2005, when he got his first royalty check for the Dusty Rhodes DVD, which they did a marvelous job on, my mother literally hit her knees in the kitchen and thanked God for them having kind of bringing him back to financial security, them having given him a home in the winter of his life and then a functional thing to chew on with NXT and to maybe help and guide a few young stars. So with that in mind and what they did for him in the end, I will never be ungrateful to them. Now, I have my own opinions about my career that are mine, and people think that because of what WWE did for my dad, I should be voiceless on occasion, and that's just never going to be the case. But I always say that I owe them a great debt, and maybe I paid it personally with the way things ended. Who knows? But I'll never forget that both Hunter and Vince and even Stephanie were very good to my father when he needed it. And as his son, that's something that, that's something that if they ever asked me to repay that debt, I would go and repay it because I know it is important. Now, I know the narrative is that the McMahons hate the roads. And maybe in there, there is some truth to that. But I, I, if I have a few drinks, ask me the same question and the answer might be completely different. But in this moment, I still remain very grateful for what they did for my dad, what they did for me, different story, what they did for him, very grateful. And there it is. So this just created a lot of buzz, got a lot of traffic on the site. Um, it, it does, you know. <laughs> he's going as very, he's going as close to saying, "I really don't like these people," but they were very nice to my father without just outright saying that. It's a lot of words, I feel like, to get there, you know. 
Yeah, and I mean, he 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 shows his words carefully, and I mean, from you know, from an outsider looking in, I mean, a lot of what he's saying makes sense. You know, I mean, uh, his dad, as he's talked about, you know, taken care of and given, you know, great, um, you know, great purpose of life and security in the final what I guess you know, twelve, thirteen years of his life. Um, you know, Cody's brother, you know, Goldust has gotten. I mean, God, you know, between between money earned from that character, and I know WWE, you know, being by his side as as he you know dealt with his personal issues. Um, they're good. You know, so I mean, out of the three of them, Cody's the one who. I mean, yeah, while while Cody got paid and, got, and was steadily employed by them, certainly, you know, the most questions in terms of booking and treatment and everything certainly have to come to him. So, I think what he said was was kind of a good politically correct answer, but it also keeps the fuel alive of, you know, he's he he's he he's he's their number one opponent right now, uh, his company that he's a, a VP for, and um and he and he's and he's fueled by that uh, so i thought i thought you know he 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 walked the line very well that was a great great pr answer fox is like you know what would really pop the wwe backstage ratings maybe we have cody on right you guys would be cool with that <laughs> he can come on and punk will be there you guys are cool with that too right and then they can talk about the business of the wwe and it's all it's 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 under fox's umbrella so you guys you guys be cool with that right Sounds great. Yeah, and then right there on right, right there on Fox, uh, uh, we can have uh, we can have Cody ask, well, "Hey, Punk, why did you take our money?" My guest at this time is a UFC Hall of Famer. He will compete under UWFI rules as part of Paradigm Pro Wrestling's Fighting Spirit Heavyweight Grand Prix in Jeffersonville, Indiana, on Friday, November fifteenth. It is the American Psycho, Stefan Bonner. Stefan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Oh, well, you owe me one, Nick. You fucking owe me, bud. I know. I'm sorry. We, you know, is I, I, I don't know. Is it because I screwed up the timing here or the calls? Hey, hey, sure. No, all right. Hey, um, you know, I like your website. You guys are doing a good thing for, for the business. So I'll, 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 I'll do this interview. Okay. I'll okay. grant you this, bud. I appreciate that. Thank you, Stefan. Um, before we get into everything here, how are you doing these days? Physically, mentally, how is Stefan Bonner doing? How is Stefan Bonner doing? Well, that motherfucker's dead. Wow. Yes. The American Psycho is here, okay. my friend. All right. Well, how is the American Psycho doing? Well, he's a Hall of Famer, the game changer, the face rearranger. He's always doing good. Yeah? So you're feeling good? No nagging injuries? Nothing like that? Injuries? I laugh at injuries. I got a broken wrist and a torn pack, and I can give a damn. Okay, great. Uh, well, talk to me here about this show. Paradigm Pro Wrestling's Fighting Spirit Heavyweight Grand Prix. What are UWFI rules? What does that mean? Paradigm Pro Wrestling wants us to make things my way. Step in mind the American Psycho. And that means, that means um, shoot style, really. Okay. Shoot to make it in terms you'd understand. Okay, gotcha. And uh, you'll be uh, you'll be doing an exhibition bout here. Um, your opponent is still not announced for the show yet, correct? That is correct. Okay. What are you uh, What are you looking for in an opponent uh, in a in a match like this? What am I looking for? Yeah. Just a slab of meat that I can inflict violence upon. Really. Okay. And who does it to me too? You know. Okay. You can do it to me too. I don't care. Dish it out. Take it. Let's make pro wrestling violent again. Yeah. Well, what do you attribute to the rise in popularity for shows like this? And like Bloodsport comes to mind when I hear about a show like this. Um, the rise of these type of shows. I think it's because uh, 
in 2005, uh, two, two guys on a little show called Ultimate Fighter had a sport, had a fight that put a sport over, and that sport bled on pro wrestling, and that's what you're getting. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, uh, you know, this, fe- this show features a lot of pro wrestlers as part of the actual heavyweight Grand Prix tournament. Um, do you feel like pro wrestling, pro wrestlers are moving more towards that MMA direction at the moment? I think some of them are, but some of them aren't. Some of them are going that other style of pro wrestling, which is the acrobatic route, and some are gravitating towards the shoot route. And you got two kind of, I mean, different schools of pro wrestling developing, like all these different styles. Different shows have styles. I'm new to this, so I'm learning more and more. But, yeah. you know, you're, you're learning, like, like, what kind of show and what kind of wrestling um, you could expect out of which show. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, what do you think of the other style, the, the more acrobatic style of pro wrestling? Are you a fan? I mean, some people are really against that. They come from the world. Of I'm a event. fan of it all. Like, I'll sit in awe and watch guys do these amazing things that I, like, I can't do. Never in a million years. Never going to try. And that's the beauty of it. I don't have to. They could do it. And likewise, on the other end of that coin, uh, or I don't know if it's coin, I don't know what to call it, but you have the guys who are mutilating themselves and falling off ladders to tables and on the light bulb things with shards of glass going in them. And I'll watch that in awe and amazement as well. But no, no way in hell I'm not going to be doing it. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to get the American Psycho, Nick Gage, fluorescent light tubes, all out, blood, bloody everywhere. Fuck no. Like, I bleed naturally. It happens enough, man. Like, my face is all scar tissue. You don't need to fucking gimmick me up the blade. Yeah. Like, if it happens, it happens. Like, and it happens plenty. I just did a match with uh, Moose for Impact. Yeah. Where I fucking suplexed him, and his head came up and smacked me right in that corner of the eye, which is all scar tissue, and... Magic, magic happened. Jeez, yeah, that was a brutal. But you know, naturally, how was that working with Moose? Did you? What was it like being in there with him? It was awesome because um, today's pro wrestling isn't the same wrestling I grew up watching. Moose is a big guy; like he is what I imagined the pro wrestler to be as a little kid—a yeah. two hundred and ninety-pound individual that's a big guy, like. Even back um, when I was still fighting, and I, I knew in the back of my head I'd always be doing this, but at that time I was like, God, like I need to get so much bigger to be a pro wrestler. This is like, you know, like early in my earlier in my MMA career before wrestling kind of shifted to this smaller type of pro wrestler. Now I retire and I kind of rediscover pro wrestling again. Now I'm big for this sport. Moose is the biggest guy I've went with. Yeah. You know, and, and how was that working at Impact? You know, what is the backstage environment like at a big wrestling show like that as compared to, like, big MMA events? Oh, it's great. Like, that was uh, me and Moose teamed up two years ago. I got to work with Ken Shamrock. I grew up watching him. I want to be Shamrock as a little kid. Did I want to be Hoist Gracie, the little skinny guy in pajamas? No, I want to be Shamrock, the huge guy. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it was great working with Shamrock, sharing a locker room with him. It was on my bucket list. And I gave that one up. I scratched out and never happened. Boom. Happens. Well, see, but that's the thing is you're there, Kin's there. I mean, do you plan on continuing to work work with Impact? Is that something you'd like to help put together there? Yeah, for sure, dude. I am like uh, I am a free man. I am indie wrestling at its finest right now. I'm working for world class revolution. 
Right now, I got a lot of shows going, man. Again, the Black Label Pro, that one coming up too, the Paradigm Show, like a, a lot of stuff, uh, and it's it's moving, big time wrestling in um, San Jose. So, like my schedule's filling up, and I'm having fun, and I'm developing as a wrestler, and I'm watching it, and I'm learning, and I got you know the right guys educating me, guys like Jerry Bostick down here, guys like MVP, like kind of Kevin Sullivan, like you know shaping my mind. Yeah, and talk to me a little bit about this. Like, who who were the first people to come to you after you retired and decided to give this pro wrestling thing a, a shot? Who were you working with? Who brought you in? Who brought me in? My 40th birthday brought me in. I turned <laughs> 40, and I go looked in the mirror like Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, and said, ah, it's now or never. Like, it's too late. I lost it. My window closed. I'm not going to be able to be a pro wrestler. And then all of a sudden, I start thinking of, like, you know, the NWO and some of the most magical years ever in pro wrestling. And I started Googling their ages and realized that it wasn't too late, that the window is wide open and I'm in that window. Yeah. So who did you reach out to then? Like you say, you know what? Because like DDP, his career didn't even start till he was 40 and he's been very open about Jeremy, that. Jeremy Seabolt out of uh, the Northwest Indiana, the Crown Pirate, the same area that the Black Label show is. He reached out and had any interest in coming doing wrestling before I ever st- stepped foot in a wrestling gym to do a battle royal and I did and I was really rough and an asshole and a guy took liberties on me and shoved me over to the top rope landed head first on the cement floor then it didn't even phase me I got up I was busted open and I laughed and uh that was the start of my pro wrestling career wow that's intense you know you bring up black label I'm a big fan of black label pro I think Mikey Blanton's doing a, a hell of a job and you're in your backyard of yeah Indiana. he is um you know that Black Label and Mikey. You know they did a great. Uh, they did a lot of great work with Tom Lawler before he kind of broke out on the scene with MLW, as he has uh, in the past year or so. W- have you gone to Tom? Have you talked to Tom and gotten any advice from him about making this transition? Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. What is uh? What's Tom telling yeah. you uh, when in regards to that? Uh, yeah, I actually just recently. Right, did the WPC World Physique Championships? Okay, that was that was in Las Vegas at the Tropicana, and who did I compete against? None other than Filthy Tom Lawler. We competed in one-on-one pose-down showdown, and uh, we both trained really hard for it. And uh, I went away victorious. Frank Mir came in, raised my hand. He hosted the event, and I got one up on Tom Lawler right now. So we're yet to meet in the pro wrestling ring. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you know, it's so cool because, like, you, like you said, Frank Mir is getting into the, the game as well. He's been popping up in more wrestling events. Uh, Kane Velasquez has made the transition, and he's not just doing, like, ground-and-pound wrestling. He's he's trying to be a luchador right now. Have you caught any of what Kane Trying, Velasquez? dude. He's Mexican Hulk Hogan. Dude, he's incredible he's right Mexican now. Mexican Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. so over down there. Fucking kidding me. Yeah. What do you think about Kane Velasquez under the hood working as a luchador? I think, like, yeah, he's the most over pro wrestler that Mexico has had since Conan. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's really bottom cool. line. Bottom line. <laughs> it's just crazy because you see him and everybody thinks he's going to do like what you and and you know Tom and Riddle and all those guys have done, and he's like, no, I'm throwing it out. <laughs> he's lucha in and up. Yeah, it's really he's a luchador. It's really cool. Um, you know, I want to get back to this Paradigm Pro Wrestling show here real fast. One of the names that popped out to me, somebody that I was introduced to at Black Label Pro, actually, was Dominic Garini, who just signed with MLW. 
Uh, he's somebody that's just getting on people's radar right now. What do you think fans can expect from from Dominic? Man, I'm. I think the kid's got a ton of potential, but I don't know crap. I'm a rookie in this game, so <laughs> he's probably looking at me saying, "Oh, that that kid's really green." <laughs> uh, that's uh, yeah. I I think I'm a white belt, so I don't. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, yeah, you know, and you talk about you know how you're like a rookie in this game, and it sounds like you're having a lot of fun. You know, I know that your first pro wrestling bout, I believe, was supposed to be against Matt Riddle, but then that match didn't happen. Yeah. Right? Show Tanaka had to step in. Yeah. Riddle bitched out the day of. Wait, what happened? Like in the UFC, nothing changed. Wait, wait. He ducked on out. What? Why? Do you know why? Pulled out the day of. He got a case of Poseidus, you know? He was not what, you know, he hadn't quite gotten over in pro wrestling. He was right at his critical point. And he knew a match with me, like, could have buried him. Could have buried him. And uh, and he didn't want to take that risk. Too much was at stake. So the day of the event, Riddle pulled out. Wow. That's what happened, bottom line. Well, obviously, you know, him, his style, um, you know, his gift of gab is, is... He had too much to lose. <laughs> gift of gab? What gift of gab? I cut promos on him for that, and you know what I got back? Nothing. Zero. I got a guy who pulled out the day of. Is this something... What's you... that tell you? Would you? What's that tell you? You answer that. I, I, What's I, that tell you? I don't know. I mean, maybe there was a death yeah, in the Yeah, you do know. I don't tell know. Tell the truth, Nick. You do know. I, I don't I don't want to speak for Riddle. I I mean, you're putting me in a, a rock Come and a hard on, place here. Nick. Say it. I, I don't know what, what, what you want me to say yeah, here. Yeah, the guy pulls out the day of. He won't respond to your promos. What's up? All right. Are you saying I'll he's scared I'll let everyone you? else who's listening to this show make their decision on what that means. Those are the facts. Do you think Matt Riddle is scared of you? Is that what you're saying? That's kind of the facts, Nick. And you just brought up fear. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're onto something, my friend. I won't. Don't worry. I won't tell him you said this. I didn't. I didn't say it. I said, "Do you? Don't worry. You're gonna, don't worry. You're gonna. Uh, he's gonna treat me like Goldberg, and I'm gonna get like. I'm gonna get angry Twitter videos now. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, Riddles. You know, I'm the 205 of the American Psycho. No one's ever even so much as wobbled me. So yeah, he bowed to me in the UFC. Why would anything change in pro wrestling? Um. So, but you've seen Riddle and how well he's done in transition to NXT and everything like that. I mean. Where where do you want to? How far do you want to take this thing? I mean, where where are you looking to go with this? All over the world, this is an international thing. Indie wrestling is international, and like it's a big world, man. I've already seen some awesome cities, Montreal, the IWS guys. Like I'm freaking my first show, the, the House of Glory guys out in New York. It was a great experience, and I'm like Ottawa, Canada for the Bound for Glory pay per view. Are you kidding me? Like working a steel cage match. Like I've already done some really epic stuff, and I just feel like I'm getting started, and uh, my game's like developing. Like everyone says the same thing: you need reps, kid. You need reps. It's full great being 42 and being called a kid. Right. But all the old timers with all the knowledge, and no, not knowledge, not knowledge. The young guys have knowledge, the wisdom. All the old timers with the wisdom say, "Keep doing, keep getting the reps in. Just keep getting the reps in. Keep getting the reps in." And I'm getting the reps in. So, do you think you're setting yourself up? Could you do a three to five year run for a WWE or AEW? Would that be something that you'd like? Fuck. To... Are you kidding me? I got fired from the UFC. You think it could work for someone? And fucking like, I'm doing this for the freedom okay for the freedom 
Okay. Bottom line. Like, okay. my goal isn't more fame. No, it's freedom. And so, yeah, if, if it, whatever I do, it doesn't give me more freedom and I can't do whatever the fuck I want, then it's going to be pretty hard to do it. Like, honestly, I get fired pretty quick from the WWE. So, I, I, you know, I don't have my hopes set on that. Okay. And AEW, have they grabbed you in any way? Do they feel different or does it just feel like another place that you would probably no, not No, 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 they haven't grabbed me. Like, I can't sign. I mean, that's the thing. I'm doing this for, I, like, what I'm, here's what I'm not doing in this. Signing exclusively with anybody. Do you think, like, no matter what organization it is, I just want to be with that same organization the whole year with the same group of people? Nothing against that group of people or organization, but no, I want to, like, like indie wrestling at its finest you know yeah no I that's t- not that's not it that's just working with the same company i did that 10 plus years with the ufc yeah yeah that's, that's not it. my goal my goal is to really learn pro wrestling and the art of pro wrestling and the art of pro wrestling is something that you develop as an artist that you develop and you go out and create and say and do whatever you want and that's freedom and that's what i'm going for yeah, I mean, I would. That sounds like. I mean, I would imagine you're looking to. I mean, it doesn't sound like if you want to go WWE AW route. So you're just you're going to embrace the independence. Are you looking to go to Japan and stuff? Things, places like that. that as for well? right now, for right now, yes. For right now, I'm just embracing this, and I don't know what it's going to lead to, but I have absolutely no desire to work exclusively with one person, or instead of one person, with one company, and not have the freedom. And also to not kind of do and say what I want either. Like, that's that's hard, too, you know? Yeah. I'm, I came in here to express my... Bruce Lee said the martial arts is the freedom of expressing yourself, expressing oneself freely, you know? And that's... I think you can carry that same thing he said to pro wrestling. And I'm going to go express myself in the ring through pro wrestling matches and try to make it entertaining and learn this. <laughs> yeah. There, there's another guy when you talk about your freedom it makes me think a little bit about like you know kind of in reverse like cm punk was looking for that freedom and he went to mma he got out of pro wrestling you guys are going in like different directions exactly yeah how do you think exactly how, how do you feel he about had a complete opposite life yeah. he was there he was there on the indie circuit and saying oh i wish you were in the ufc i wish you were in the UFC. and then i was in the ufc all those years and now i'm out and free and like I'm loving it. See, he always had his eyes set on the WWE. Like, that you know, That was, you know, he had the eyes set on this whole time. And, hey, he did great. Hats off to him. I would have, too, in his situation. That was his goal. Yeah. You do anything. What's, what's your motive? What's your goal? Everyone projects theirs on you. I'm, oh, I'm pro wrestling now. Everyone's great. Oh, that's great. You should go in the WWE. That's the next. That's everyone's next line assumption. Uh, okay. Like, not really. I'm doing this kind of for fun and for myself. It's like a hobby weekend to express myself creatively through violent moves. Like, so, you know, that's my goal. So whatever's going to lead me to do that, that's what I'm doing. And 
right now the path to do that is what, what I'm doing right now. Yeah, man. And there's a lot of big guys out there that can work your style. Right? I mean, Davey Boy Smith Jr. comes to mind right now. I mean, there's just a lot of killer cross. A lot of great talent out there right See, now. Yeah, there's some good matches for me. Yeah, yep. absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Well, uh, I will, uh, I'll wrap it up there, uh, Stefan. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you. Uh, you're, you're a firecracker. I know you've done commentary in the past, so you want to bring your gift of gab to pro wrestling in any capacity like that in the future? Hey, I'll tell you one thing. The one thing I looked up forward to when training for a fight those three months wasn't about so much the moves I was going to do in there. It was about talking to Joe Rogan afterwards and cutting a promo. And the cutting a promo before the fight. Or fucking stuff like turning heel for the Cheeto fight. You know how much fun that was? Yeah. You know how much I, many fans I lost because of that? That's wild. Yeah. Well, Bella... but, like that's the thing to me. It was oh, I was laughing so hard underneath it all that it didn't matter. It was worth it. Well, but that's the thing is like with Bellator versus UFC. Like I feel like Bellator, you know, they would they would encourage you uh, more so to to play to that element of your showmanship. You know what's wrong? so funny? You know what's so funny? Here's two moments, two of the exact same moments. Moment one. Right, April 9, 2005, I'm about to go out and fight Forrest. Dana White comes down. He's over there talking to Forrest, okay? And then I'm getting ready, warming up, and then next he comes over and talks to me, and I look at him, he shakes my hand, and he is nervous and jittery, and they like cold, sweaty hands, and like he was worried. He was scared. And I said something along the lines of, hey, don't worry, Dana, I got this. I knew I was going to make it a great fight. All right, fast forward to 2014, and I'm, they're going to announce the me and Cheeto fight. They just brought Scott Coker on. I meet him for the very first time, and next to me is sitting Justin McCoy in a mask. This is at the big Bellator event, right? Yeah. They're going to announce the me and Cheeto fight in the cage. First time I meet Scott Coker, he just got hired. They just brought him in after Bourne read me. And he looks at me and looks at the guy next to me in a mask, and he looks scared and nervous, just like <laughs> I shook his hand, and it was the exact same as shaking Dana's white hand fucking all those years earlier. And you know what I said to him? The exact same thing. I go, don't worry, Scott. I got this. And I went in there and fucking, like, both times delivered. And really, man, that set the Bellator off uh, in his era on a really good run. That was the most watched fight of 2014. And you all know what the me and Forrest fight did. So uh, just uh, wanted to share that last nugget. That's awesome, man. Uh, well, yeah, I'll let you take us home here. Uh, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here? you want to hard sell this Paradigm Pro Wrestling show coming up here as well? Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah, baby. Coming to Indiana. I was born. I'm a Hoosier. Hoosier. So, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, we're, uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to go in there and uh, paint a beautiful picture of violence. Can't wait. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, WWE Hall of Famer, of course, classic icon of the 1980s, right here at 80s Wrestling Con. And Brutus, great to see you again. And this is one special day. Talk about today. Well, every day is a special day, man. The big man upstairs, God has blessed me. I say my prayers, brother, believe me, and eat my vitamins every single day, unlike other people just say that. <laughs> I do it. You That's know, right. it's a pleasure to be here. So many great fans here today, and I just love coming out and seeing all our fans. Such great people. Uh, you know, it, it's just amazing, all these nice people in one place. And, you know, you have to come out and see the fans, because where would we be without these fans? 
who spend all this money and take the time to come and see us, you know, you have to take the time. You have to be nice to them. You know, you got to give back. Right, right on, Brutus. And you talk about giving back. You gave so much to the industry. Talk about being a WWE Hall of Famer. Your career's work showcased. Well, well, Hall of Famer, yeah. 40, <laughs> 41 years of wrestling, and uh, after I got done in the ring, then uh, I was inducted to the Hall of Fame. Amazing experience, you know, being uh, being being around all the the high echelon events and, and all the people again. It had been a long time. Um, it, it was an amazing experience. Um, hey, have you seen my book? Bro? Yeah, he's got a new book right here, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, writing yeah. a new book. Strutting and cutting Brutus Beefcake. This is, it's been said, it's the best wrestling book ever. That's, that's fantastic. I said it. But Where no, can we get this? Where people. do we get this book? BrutusBeefcake.com. Check it out. And you can you can even get a pair of these there if you want. Really? Some shit? Oh, yeah. Well, hey, that's actually, you led right into my next question. Synonymous with the, this, as me and Gene would say, look at this complete package. And then you got the Sears. Where did the Sears originate? Well, when I uh, became the barber after WrestleMania III, and I had a pair of scissors. I was coming out into the arena and looking at the, these huge arenas, 30,000 seat arenas, and I realized this this little pair of scissors is eh, just ain't really cutting. getting it. It's not cutting it. So I went back to the drawing board and came up with the idea, all, all my idea, nobody else, of putting the shears and making the barber pole on the handles, and the people went bananas. They loved it. Yeah. They just couldn't get enough. <laughs> and ever since then, I, I go everywhere I go, I carry the Sears. And history was made with that idea right there. And Brutus, one final question here at Wrestling Con, the 80s style here, the second annual, is um, when you look back on your career and you think about all the great iconic moments you've been a part of, certainly Intercontinental, you know, the, the times in WWE, you had such a great run, NWO. And when you look back, what do you reflect on most fondly? What do you want to be remembered for? Ah, you know, it's, <laughs> I had such a long career, 41 years, played a lot of different characters. Um, yeah, I'd really like to be remembered that I was a pretty good wrestler. Right. You know, uh, yeah, there's, there's characters, there's guys, there's a lot of guys who are flashy and stuff, but really weren't good wrestlers, you know, and I like to be remembered as a guy who was flashy, who had great charisma and personality and who could actually get in the ring and really wrestle. That that minute means something. And get it done. And yeah, get it done. That means something. Get it done. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, WWE Hall of Famer. Last quick thing right now. If you had to say your biggest rival, and if he's out there watching or watching from above, whatever it may be, what would you say to them? Your biggest rival. Well, Mr. Perfect, something, you know, definitely was unfinished business. I ended his perfect streak. I was going to take his belt away from him and embarrass him in front of the world. And unfortunately, that, that never got a chance to happen. Right. But uh, that's, that's, that's who I'd take. I love it. Brutus, thank you so much for taking right. the time for us. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, 80s Wrestling Con, right here, part two, here at Freehold, New Jersey. We're cutting and strutting. Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show today to talk uh, all the news the past 24 hours. It really was very buzzy 24 here. It never stops. And if you want to get all your news from the world of professional wrestling, go to WrestlingInc.com 24-7. It never stops. 
If it's breaking, we've got it over there at Wrestling Inc. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday. I, uh, I haven't told you. I'll tell you off the air, Justin. I got a big interview that I'm going to do on Monday, and we're going to drop it on Tuesday. And this one's going to be real big, Justin. It's going to be a big, 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 big interview we're going to do on Monday. Do I have your attention? Or Tuesday? It's going to drop on Tuesday? Emphasis on big, huh? Very big. Very big interview. Very big interview. So uh, definitely come back on Tuesday. We have a whole bunch of other uh, uh, great audio content interviews that we're going to be rolling out next week as well, on top of all of our traditional punditry. If you like the Winkly, if you like all of our post shows, go over to Wrestling Inc. Audio Channel on iTunes. Five-star ratings. Nice comments. Always appreciated. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Give me the old follow at Justin Labar. And uh, I am at Wink Rebel over on, Twib- over on Twibber. Twitter. Man, I was doing such – I was doing so good with my enunciating, and then I said Twibber to close the show. I am at Wink Rebel, W-I-N-C Rebel over on Twitter. Give me a follow. Uh, And I'll talk to you next week. And uh, remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.